You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. Greg Hectus. Yo, yo, yo. Tony Groves. Good evening, fellas. And special guest, Justin Jacobs. Good evening. Hello, guys. Welcome. All right. Well, welcome, Justin, to the podcast. Uh, now, the reason I found you and invited you on the podcast is I saw iRacing announce the winner of the $10,000 credit prize uh, for their 10-year anniversary, and that happened to be you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, I was just as surprised as everybody else about that. All right, well, let's talk about that a little bit, and then we'll get into our interview to get to know you a little bit. But, uh, wow, I mean, uh, so did you purposely try to run the right events so you could be eligible for the 10K? Uh, To be perfectly honest, I didn't know what the right events were. I just ran, I just know that they said you had to run at least once in every single race that they did. So I did that, and... The rest is history. I guess they just picked me. That is awesome. And uh, how did you find out about it? Did you just log in once and saw you had the credit, or did they send you an email, or what? Uh, I, I actually logged in, and uh, I was reading the 10-year celebration thing on the on the website, and you know it said 463 people, and I'm like, all right. And the winner says Justin Jacobs. I'm like, uh, that's got to be a mistake. And so how did you confirm it? You went to, uh, what, hit account and saw your balance? Well, I did that first, and the balance still said $5. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it is a mistake. You know, somebody's pulling a prank or something. And so I contacted one of the uh, iRacing staff, and he goes, yeah, we're, we're going to deposit it in your account in the next five minutes. Wow. <laughs> well, that is cool. And so now I understand that the 10K is a is an arbitrary f- figure that they assume will be enough to have a lifetime membership meaning you could buy all their content for the foreseeable future and never run out is that how you understand the prize that's how i understand it um unfortunately i had already uh purchased twelve hundred dollars of their content so i was only missing about two hundred dollars of it but yeah as far as i'm as far as i have been told i can renew my membership over and over and over and over again and buy content until the money runs out. I don't think it would run out. All right, what about, can you buy me a car? Can you gift gift me a car or a credit? I have not found a way to do that. And believe it or not, I got about five messages from random people <laughs> saying, can, can you send a poor iRacer some money? Those were, four of those were just Mike. With different names well, you made up. Yeah, there's a reason we invited you on, so we could ask you to buy us cars. No, no, no. <laughs> I have not found a way to do that. In fact, when you go to store, it says you own all the content, so it won't even let you get into the store any further. Huh. Right. Well, I figured they would put a way to stop you from giving the money to other people. So. Do you have any plans for hosting racing? I have not yet, but uh, somebody mentioned that too, and they said that's about the only way you're ever going to use up that, that amount of money. Yeah. yeah I think now, so. 
there's a guy, I don't know if you've ever heard of, uh, Mitchell Qualls. He, uh, for several years, I think maybe three to four years, hosted a hosted Talladega ACAR session 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for three and a half years or something like that. And so that's one way to spend the money, I guess. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, definitely something I'll have to look into. Yeah, so anyway, uh, yeah, you could host rooms all day long, and uh, I don't know if you should do it 24 hours a day, though. That's kind of nuts, but... All right, well, cool. Uh, well, well, congratulations, Justin. I thought, you know, we should have you on and have some kind of congratulations to you because you obviously won the big prize and uh, that everyone was hoping to get, you know, and then obviously you were the lucky guy. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it probably upset some people that have actually been here for 10 years since uh, I just joined up in iRacing back in February. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get I'm into uh, yeah. Let's let's get to know you a little bit. So you did, you have started just just this year, uh, so you're pretty new to it. Uh, what brought you to iRacing, and how did you initially hear about it? Uh, well, I, I come from the old school in two K three days. Um, I raced in the DMP League of Dale Junior, TJ Majors, Ryan Truex, all them, and uh, also raced in NIMS League uh, for a very short time. And then I kind of got out of it after I ran my own league for a while. Uh, I think it was about 2005, 2006. That was when first racing was just starting uh, with the Project Wildfire uh, series, the truck series. And uh, that was about the time I hopped out. And, you know, everybody said, oh, well, first is going to destroy the, you know, the whole sim racing community, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, you really ought to give them a chance and see what they come out with. Well, it just took me 15 years to get to that point. And uh, so I started up with iRacing back in February, bought all my gear, and uh, been on it ever since. All right, great. And uh, so tell us about what you do. What series are you normally running? Are you part of a team, and or do you do leagues or what? I haven't got back into league racing yet. I mainly just do pickup races uh, because iRacing allows you to do that. Uh, back in my day, you had to be part of a league in order to to sim race. There wasn't. A such thing as a lobby where you could just pick up and sim race this is amazing the way that they do it um, you get to race any type of cars you want with multiple different you know people uh, you don't have to be a part of a team or anything which I'm not currently part of a team uh, so if anybody's looking for a teammate hey um, but I usually run the pro Mazdas um, because I wasn't real big into road racing but now I am um, but I also run a lot of the oval stuff, obviously NASCAR, Xfinity. I've uh, just started to get into the IMSA series. Yeah, and I see here on your profile that you won recently in the B car at Indianapolis. So congratulations. Yeah, that was actually a really good, uh, that was a good race. Uh, I had never raced that car at Indy before. And uh, it was an open race. And it just so happened that uh, I was one of the ones that didn't need fuel at the end and uh, ended up catching the guy right at the end. All right. Very good. Uh, yeah, it looks like uh, out of your stats so far, your winning percentage, 1.3%. You got uh, 10 wins overall officially. So not too bad for a, a rookie, we'll call you. Uh, but what about your hardware? I mean, uh, 
you just started this year. Uh, what kind of pedals, wheel do you have? How many monitors, third-party software? Um, when, I, when I first, I did a lot of research before I decided to jump back into sim racing because back in the old days, you just had a desk and a TSW cup that maybe cost you eight, 900 bucks and you were set to go. A uh, little bit different 15 years ago than it is today. Um, so I did a lot of research. Um, I bought a R seat, uh, N1 chassis from Belgium. And, uh, then I decided to go ahead and go with the Fanatec because they seem to be the, the best standardized, uh, company out there. So I got the Fanatec, uh, CV2 or version two with the pedals, uh, a cup rim with the Xbox hub, a McLaren rim, a, uh, F Formula F1 rim, which currently is down, and uh, just been rocking it ever since. I got the shifter. I got a 65-inch uh, TV that I don't use anymore because I discovered VR, and so I use VR all the time now. All right, VR it is. Hey, Mike, can I jump in for a sec here? Uh-huh. So you did the same kind of research. It sounds like exactly what I did when I jumped back on because I took about a two-and-a-half-year hiatus about with Fanatic, what, uh, when I came back to, to dry nursing and looked at Fanatic, what, uh, what drew you away? Just obviously you were saying there that you had, um, you know, they were a a step above, but what drew them in a little bit more than just, you know, spending a little bit, not as much money to, you know, G29, things like that from Logitech or a Thrustmaster in the $500 range. Um, back in the day of N2K3, that's when, uh, the Logitech Momo and stuff was just starting to come out with force feedback. And that's why I went with Thomas Superwheel because they just didn't seem like they were a, a quality product back then. And so I went with Thomas Superwheel and uh, did that whole, uh, you know, N2K3 and all that with that. And I actually contacted Thomas uh, before I bought the Fanatec setup and said, hey, does my old wheel from 15 years ago still work with the newer stuff? He goes, well, yeah, for 165 bucks we can upgrade your stuff. But he goes, you still won't have force feedback, which is what all the kids are using these days. And I'm like, has it has it become that, you know, great? Because it was terrible back in the day. I mean, force feedback was you hit a rock and it felt like you were launching a space shuttle. And he goes, oh yeah, it's way different. So I did research on Fanatec, and the you know I ended up buying that. Um, I had thought about ECCI, uh, but they were back in the day too, and I thought, well, maybe I'll try this new player. Right. I just yeah, I was just asking because I've obviously went the exact same route. I have I went the CS uh, CS Elite route, but I have the Xbox Hub rim with a rim. I have a McLaren rim. I have a P1 rim, and I have the shifter and the V3 and pedals. So I just was wondering what drew somebody else when they've been away from or not on the sim right off the bat to spend the kind of money that it takes to do that. I I just want. I just wanted I, to have the best say, equipment. Uh, isn't, isn't that, I mean, you've been in sim before, but this wasn't iRacing. So you knew you needed the good stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, when I do something, I don't go into it, you know, half-baked or, or what you want to call it. Uh, you know, I, I figure, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. And that doesn't mean I'm going to be the fastest guy out there. I could spend $20,000 and still be, you know, a mid-packer. But as long as I'm having fun and my equipment's working, that's all that matters to me. Right. All right, cool. And uh, what about third-party software? Anything? No, not really. Uh, trading paints, but I'm not really 
if that's even considered third-party software. Yeah. Um, I think okay. that's actually part of iRacing in one way, shape, or form. It is technically a third-party software. You know, it's a it's a workaround around a licensing problem, um, but technically they are a separate company. All right. Well, and let's find final question is: What is your most memorable iRacing moment so far? Um, gosh, so far, I would have to say it was my first iRacing win, which was in the Truck Series, and I believe it was at Las Vegas. And it, I'd only raced that series like three times before I got my first win. And I remember how hard it was to win back in the N2K3 days. And it's even harder to win now unless you have some outlandish setup or, you know, you're just that good. And um, I'm not. I'm a mid-packer. I'll, I'll admit that all day long. Uh, but that particular race, I, I really liked that track. And I just hit on a setup, and I just rocketed to the front. I thought I was going to lose it in the last two laps because I slapped the wall a little bit coming out of turn four. And I thought, oh, man, here we go. And no, I was able to hold on to it and win. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's always good to get that first win under your belt. Yeah, so. Well, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the 10K. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how what you can do with it. Uh, anyway, hopefully we gave you some ideas. Uh, well, let's jump into topics. Uh, Chris, you're up first. Scroll into the right place here. <laughs> so Andy and some pizza. Uh, so first we have um, the RAC's top 10 highlights list for August. Pretty similar to the other um, videos we've been getting in the last few months. But if you haven't checked it out, you really should. They're awesome videos. And it sounds like Alexander has been, um, he says he's received 50 replays this month's list sorry this month which was awesome they were all great and it was difficult to choose which one made it and which one didn't the original video cut was too long so i decided to make it two parts second part coming soon so that's really cool to see that the community's given him more than what he needs to make these videos and he's gonna start breaking them up into parts and this one's it, awesome it's Can't good racing. The next one. It, that's the thing if you like to watch racing it's kind of like a highlights package you know and it's a good mix of oval and road stuff too. Oh yeah, yeah. You, there's, you get all all disciplines in there. Yeah, and there was a good segment at the end of this one where the guys are racing a you know a car at Bristol and going three three wide up the middle at Bristol and pulling it off. It, it's crazy. And they're like little bite sized pieces, you know, three to five minute videos. Fun to yep. watch. All right, Greg, you got another video. What's next? Uh, we got the Atlanta Rally Cross, and this is uh, obviously this is going to tie into some of the stuff we're talking about in a bit here. But um, I know f teammate Phil Linden, I was talking to about the video that they posted. Um, it's a pretty nice video of the Subaru going around the new. Well, they were showing it as one configuration, but we find out it's two configurations that was released on the build, and. Uh, it's a pretty nice video. The track looks, layout looks really nice. My only complaint with the video, and I hate to complain, is they don't really, they show a lot of close-ups of the car going around the track, and I can't get a real sense of where the, 
the track is. I mean, it's hard to even tell that it's Atlanta, you know, because there's no wide shots, really. I think there's one wide shot in the whole thing. Are they doing that purposely, though? I don't know. That's actually the first thing I thought of when I watched it. Is that, yeah, all the car, all the videos are really close up to the car, and you didn't get to see a real good view of the track. And hopefully it's just uh, the way they wanted to do it and not because they're trying to hide something. I'm sure the track's awesome. I, I haven't tried it yet. I, I want I, to Me neither. All right, it's a great place. Cool. I'm glad it's in the sim, that's for sure. Awesome, awesome place. Yeah, and if you already have Atlanta, you're going to get it, so... All right, Tony, uh, I think you've been waiting for this one. You're next. Oh, yeah, I sure have been waiting for this one. Um, you know, they threw up a, a nice little teaser video there on, on Tuesday um, showing the new uh, Camaro uh, ZL1. And uh, and all, all it does really is just kind of get the mouth water and you really want this, and now you got to wait another day. And it really was a teaser video because, like, the videos that they're uh, – you know, they're thrown down now. They're just, um, I love them. They're just doing such a great job other than, you know, maybe a better wide angle shot of the Atlanta, uh, rally cross. But, um, so it dropped yesterday. Everybody, uh, you know, everybody that's, um, you know, bought the Chevy SS in the last two years, got it for free. Um, unfortunately everybody else had to pay for it, but, uh, you know, even if I didn't buy it, I, I still would, uh, uh, I, I still would have paid for it. It's such a cool looking car. Um, I got out in, in it in a little bit, unfortunately not enough to really say anything about it. Um, but, uh, you know, it sure does look cool. Looks um, better. Well, and I've, you know, this is off on a little bit of a t different angle here too. I saw a lot of people complaining about that. If you're, they were catering to the people that have had it in two years, well, the people have had it in two years. It's a pretty close, relevant time to buy something. You know what? It's eleven bucks. I know it costs a bit, but they need to. People need to relax and realize that you know it does cost to make these things. So obviously, you got to pay for them. There was a lot of an uproar I saw on like Facebook and all that about having to pay for it, and they were only catering to people that just recently bought it. I think that's more than fair. The two-year thing. I mean. In fact, they don't have to do that. I mean, it is a different piece of content. Yeah, I'm one of the ones that got lucky that's bought the car in the last couple of years, so I didn't have to pay. But if I did, it, well, I, I don't think I would have been butthurt over it. Well, I'm see the call down. It, it's fine. It, yeah, just like you said, they put a lot of work into it. I don't mind throwing 11 bucks for it. They only used to have the Chevy. The Chevy was the only car that they used to have in the Cup for the longest time, and then they've right. integrated Everyone to it. Everyone had and, to run it. And then they they have switched on it. Like the car of tomorrow, when they first released it from the old car, that's what the is it the K and N car now? They were all the Chevys. Like we only got started getting three manufacturers in what in the last four years, yeah, maybe. It was a big deal when they Ford came out, and uh, we had two A cars instead of one. But uh, yeah, I mean they released the paint uh, templates early, and I know some of our teammates were working on paints. Uh, a new functionality was the pit board. You can now paint your pit board. Uh, there is a, a known bug where the number is too large on the pit board, and they're working on fixing that, though. Well, and you yeah. said that before the race. Oh, sorry, Tony, but you said that before the race today, and I noticed that going down pit road, that all the other ones, the number is, like, in the top, like, 15 to 20%. If you look at all the, the Ford and the Toyota's temp or board, where ours is the whole board. Right. 
Yeah, they're get, they're working on. It. They added the functionality to all the cars. Some of them are broke, so. Yeah, there's another little glitch that happened with the um, with the new update, and if you try and go and download just uh, just the, the 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 Camaro, the Ford, or the the Toyota uh, templates, well, they're they're not there anymore. Um, so you have to download. Uh, User entered uh, your channel. Sorry, they got to download the uh, like the the whole folder in order to to get them. Um, but uh, Brian, Brian Simpson said this is this is going to be addressed, and it'll be uh, that along with the pit board issues is going to be all fixed um, when they release the the first patch. Nice. They they've really done a good job with the with the Camaro. I have to say, I raced it the other day, and with VR, I'm able to look around inside and and of course view the car outside and everything. And I do the 3D graphics for a lot of the race teams including RCR, which is where they've scanned this car at. And we actually had scans of the car way back in August from the from GM. And they got this thing very, very close to the real thing. I mean, everything in there is just like you're sitting in the real car. Oh, yeah. It's I laser. Like, I was sitting in it the other day moving around when it first came out. And with the paint job I created, I did a custom shifter knob too, and it's nice to see that I know what my it's a different shifter knob in there. I didn't know you could paint the shifter. Wow. Yep. All right, let's keep moving. Next topic I got is uh, a letter that a fellow teammate uh, Phil Linden wrote to iRacing, and we actually sent it to Tyler Hudson, and uh, he he basically wanted to ask about what is. Uh, going on with Rallycross. Um, and so I'm going to paraphrase. This was a long letter. I'm going to pick up parts of it and read it uh, so you guys can get an idea about what was said. But uh, first he said, I'm confused by the current by currently announced roadmap for both the series and the content. Uh, goes on to say, uh, unfortunately, the association with Red Bull GRC brought in aspects to iRacing's rally cross that are not really representative of the sport in general. GRC layouts featured shortcut style joker laps and artificial jumps, which were unique to that series. GRC is no more and iRacing has rebranded to IRX, which presents an interesting problem since shortcut jokers and artificial jumps were only representative of the now defunct GRC series IRX no longer accurately represents any real-life rallycross, rallycross format. And he goes on to say, Europe's long-standing world rallycross series and fledging American, America's rallycross series share a common format, one that produces closer racing than GRC. Now, although the makes of cars available in iRacing are common between these series, the tires are not. Uh, they also handle qualifying differently as well. Uh, I'm also confused by the selection of Rallycross track, track layouts that are available. All but two of the layouts are fantasy tracks and have no real-life counterparts. Which, side note, I agree with that. I mean, in iRacing, we always have had real tracks, and we very rarely have had a fantasy track. And this whole series has been pretty much fantasy. Uh... And then finally, what does the future hold for dirt road license progression? And so that was the letter that Phil wrote. Uh, we did get a response from uh, iRacing. I'm going to read part of that too. 
Uh, GRC went out of business while we had already committed down the path we are on. We are not aligned with those other two series. We have also reached out to real racetracks. There are many reasons why tracks do not make it into the sim, even after giving it our best efforts. I do think you will see a real-life rallycross track in the sim soon. We are aware of the differences in joker laps, and only way this can be addressed is by building tracks with a WRX-style joker moving forward if the series stays popular. Because of the before-mentioned, IRX will remain a hybrid-type series for the foreseeable future. The best way to see that possibly change or grow is for the Rallycross on iRacing to remain popular. Right now, everyone who joins iRacing gets a top-of-the-ladder Rallycross car for free, which in a way takes away from the benefits of a light car. So a mouthful, but uh, interesting. I know that uh, Phil's really passionate about the Rallycross series, and I know, I think you have been saying it, we've been talking about it, that you know, participation's been down, right? Yeah, it's hard to find a full room. So it's, you know, I think, to, to be honest, I think the only way right now that the Rallycross and here can survive from reading what Tyler's reading back and what I know people want the realistic, but I think the only thing that's going to be cooperative with us, with iRacing right now, is to have it fantasy. Like, you're going to have those made-up tracks for a while now until they can... I think they need to get one the ball rolling with one track and then it might snowball into others. Like the same way the sim started off rally crosses, it's whole new thing. It's a different type of animal to try and put in with all this disciplines that are already in iRacing. So I think if they get one scan properly, that's an actual official track. Maybe it'll snowball more from there. I don't know. I think I'm, I'm kind of on the, the fill side of the fence here where they need to tie these cars, these rally cars where they can call them, model them, whatever they want to do to them. And tie him to some real life rally racing. Because I mean, for example, I don't drive the A car because it's the funnest car to drive. This is a car I want to drive on the sim. It's not at all. <laughs> but I'm a big NASCAR fan. And so I drive the A car. And then I watch more races because I'm in iRacing driving the A car. They kind of feed each other. And I think that's what you have to have for um one of these series to be popular. You have to have these rally fans that want to come to iRacing. And race it because otherwise people like me who are racing my series will go in will run a couple of those races and they're fun i think i don't think anybody thinks these cars aren't fun that's a great thing we're not going to ride run the series because we're busy doing our other stuff well you just said it i mean the tie-in is the tie-in to a real life series we run nascar because we're nascar fans that's why we run the nis and the a car and so that i think it's the same thing on the rally side bullshit walks money talks is what it really comes down to i think the only fix is they're going to have to iRacing is going to get, have to get with one of those other series and that series say okay we want to be in iRacing but you need to rebrand it to be our stuff you need to get rid of the the joker and the artificial and whatever and make it like ours and that's when it's going to take off but i don't think it will until then yeah, and uh, just, they, I think they would gain popularity from the race fans that start, you know, do enjoy it, and then they watch the real life stuff. It's just a circle that feeds itself. I think could could one of the problems also be that the fact that you know it is still new, but you know, I'm I'm not a huge rally cross fan. I love seeing what the cars can do. I love the Subaru part of it. I drive a Subaru real life. I know that that aspect and the heritage of it, but I don't know 
much more than, you know, I, I learned more stuff from talking to Phil and I did a actual, Phil was on the other day wanting to practice with somebody. So I went into a room with him cause that would be the first time that I've gone into rally cross and, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to be competitive if I raced in it, but is, it could be one of the factors also be that it's just not as popular in the outside world. I know, I know a racing fans, a racing fan, but you know, there's a lot more NASCAR fans, a lot more F1 fans. There's a lot more IMSA fans. There's all those other things. It's just maybe the market's not there for a rally cross yet. Well, like I said, there's no real series to tie into. So that, that really means there is no market, you know, and yeah, it's, it's a catch 22. Uh, I probably going to stay static. It would be my guess, but all right, let's keep moving. We got a lot to go. Uh, Chris, you're up next. Kokomo. Yep. Uh, next is a video showing uh, our new Kokomo Speedway that uh, iRacing put on their YouTube channel a little earlier this week. Um, I still don't own it yet. It's something I'll probably, it's definitely on my list along with the midgets. But um, yeah, you can check out this video. It's a really cool, well done video. It's all theirs have been lately. Or you can just buy the track and it's live now. So hop on it. Yeah, I get it, guys. Cool track, too. It's almost. Um, Almost just a circle with a really tiny infield. It makes for some really fun racing. I've never seen the midgets run there, but I've seen um, just some, some bombers, like street stocks, and that was incredible. All right, let's go on to the next one. Greg, uh, week 13. Well, it's the uh, fun week that uh, we get to enjoy some series that uh, are unofficial and, you know, don't affect some of your I rating and safety rating. So Chris, you'll like that, right, Chris? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be driving all, if they had anything fun to drive, I'd drive all those things this week to keep, keep my little tiny bit of IR and SR I have left. <laughs> so they, so they, uh, they got some play, some, uh, I think they're trying out some series here to make sure that, you know, see how the kind of participant they patient they get. And, you know, they got the GT series, I guess they were doing just the Ferrari, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was Ferrari, and then the I did I participated in one of the McLaren uh, MP3 or MP4 30 races, and those are so much fun when you don't have to worry about setting them up. Like when they're fixed set, they're a blast to drive with got people. Um, I think I did the the Brazil uh, track Interlagos or whatever they call it, um, and then they just got some. I, I know Jesse. Uh, Steinkamp, we've got in our thing here where he made a post and they were talking about what um, some some of the series should have been open more to more cars available to race in them. What did you guys think of some of the stuff that was offered on week 13? Well, <laughs> I'd agree with the poster uh, at the forums. It's kind of a blah schedule. It doesn't, you know, where's our, the normal, uh, I like to do the figure eight. I don't see the figure eight. I, that's always been a week 13 thing. Well, I know. I think I know why they don't have that one on there because I did. I did the figure eight the first night they had it on there, and it was a uh, it was a shit show. And then for the rest of the week, there was hardly any participation. I'm talking like one or two guys. Wow. But still, <laughs> there's plenty of fun ideas to be come up with. I mean, yeah, Chris, some of you these and are I kind of blank, uh, boring, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that last figure eight because I. Uh, you and I both raced in that, and I don't think we made it past the first corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were there too. It was a blast. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of, I mean, jumps. Jump, you put jumps on whatever, you know, 
jumps are always fun. <laughs> well, what was the track that you were jumping at the other day, Mike? Oh, that's uh, Bathurst. Oh, you're at Bathurst and doing that jump over the tire barrier? Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. There's another story on that one. I enjoyed the Ferraris uh, that they're doing this week. Um, you know, I, I like I said, I just started racing in the IMSA series, and 90% of that series is all Porsches now, the Porsche uh, 911 RSR. So you don't see many Ferraris in there, and if for Ferrari to have its own kind of series just in the Week 13, I think that would make a great series outside of Week 13. Yeah. So you're saying that most people are running the the, the Porsche in that series because that. I know me and Mike Morley are going to start racing that part of the road too this season as well. Um, but I think Mike was, I think Mike's going to be in the Porsche. But that's the one that has the Corvette too for like the prototype car, right? Correct. You have the yeah. Corvettes, you have the Porsche, you got the Ferrari, uh, you got the uh, the GT cars like the. Um, uh, I don't know. They're all they're all European cars. Yeah, because I, I, I have the Corvette prototype that I was going to run. Cool. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Tony, you're next. Uh, Petite. Yes, yes. iRacing presents Petite Le Mans. Um, uh, a 10-hour endurance race um, being held at Road Atlanta in Braselton, Georgia. Uh, the date they got set for this is October 6th and 7th. There'll be two time slots. Uh, the Saturday is a 1300 GMT and the Sunday at one GMT. Um, uh, it's a uh, road Atlanta full, the full course. Uh, you need a license, uh, minimum, a D with a 4.0 safety rating. Um, what else do we got? Incident limit 50, uh, 50, that's so, the big discussion on the <laughs> forums is, uh, uh -huh. is that enough for a 10-hour race? Well, that'll keep things interesting, won't it? <laughs> I was going to say it's only a 10-hour endurance race. It's only like a quick sprinter then, eh? Yeah, somebody – there was a bunch of talk on the forum about the incident limit. In fact, somebody put up a poll to ask if that's enough or not enough. And, yeah, it's a huge discussion. But iRacing's not budging. They're going to stick with 50. 50 is fine because they had 100 for the 24 hours. So if you cut it in half, that's pretty close. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, they could set it at whatever. And, you know, nobody's ever really going to be happy. So, um, you know, that you need the, the incident limit, I guess, at, at least some of those tracks anyways for cutting the course and stuff. So, ah, don't much matter to me. I won't be running it. But uh, Bro, that track's got a lot of blind corners. Okay, so I probably I probably reached that 50 incident limit by lap five, um, but uh, for those that are going to run it, you get uh, uh, three classes. Uh, DP will be running a Corvette. GTE is uh, the Ferrari 488, the 2017 Ford GT, uh, Porsche 911, and there's a couple of GT3 cars: the Audi R8 and the Mercedes AMG. Cool. All right, let's jump into the big topic. Uh, I'll take it. Release notes. We have, uh, obviously, week 13. Uh, we got a new release out. We've talked about the Camaro, Kokomo. Updated Michigan with the repay, finally. Uh, two rallycross uh, tracks in Atlanta. And huge beta UI changes. Apparently, a, a whole redo 
Uh, I've heard a lot of good things written on the forums about it so far. I have not tried it. New download delivery options. Uh, new FPS meters, which uh, you can turn on in the SIM options. There's a bunch more meters. I have two that are brand new that show me how bad my uh, graphics card are, is because they're always in the red, uh, which is kind of concerning. Uh, what else? Anyway, tons of stuff here. They, they changed the dirt oval track behavior, um, and they have new telemetry options. Now, let's kind of break it down. I'm going to scroll down and see if there's anything we need to specifically talk about. I do want to talk about those new meters uh, the FPS meters, uh, the new ones I, I mentioned are called renderer for R or graphics, which is G. And if they go red or all the way to the right, that means that takes a long time for your graphics card to draw what it's being asked to draw. Um, the other meters are similar to before. Uh... Hammer, you're here. Can you talk to us about the A car specifically and what they might have done there? Because I know you've been working on it. Oh, the A car. Well, they reduced the camber. They reduced the amount of tow that you can have. They modified the aerodynamics at the super speedways. I haven't tested that yet, but from being with you guys racing last night and some insane setup work yesterday. Um, the cars feel kind of like they did in 2015, maybe. They're grippy, more confident. Yeah, and um, there's been some forum, it's, uh, people in the forum saying a little differently than that take, though. Have you seen that? I mean, there's kind of takes both ways. It reminds well, me of... There's a, oh, go, there's go a, Hammer. There's a group of people that are in a very high percentile of the service, and they know a lot about car chassis and how the real ones are probably set up. Uh, John Gorlinski and Christian Schaliner and a lot of those guys, I'm sure, especially in the Pro Series, DWC Series. And it probably narrowed down the possibility of being away from the fastest stuff that you could make, which I have some experience with. And I don't know, I guess um, you can't change people's opinions about it, but for the most, the majority of the service, you know, most of split one, split two, that the cross section, and you guys had people on each split last night, the racing was cleaner. When yeah. the cars don't go from polarizing super grip to pure ice or steel wheels, people can have more confidence in the car and there's more predictability. And that and it, large delta and the change in the, in the feel of the car, you know, it ends a lot of the caution. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see if there's bugs and stuff. But we've find, kind of been at this camber before, so... Um, hopefully the monster trucks are gone. There's been rumors that the monster trucks still work. I couldn't get it to work, but, and, um, I guess there's, you know, it just depends on who you ask and what you're looking for in the thing. It's, it, they definitely tighten down the box here and you don't have the good. Okay. Yeah. I put a post up in the NIS form with all the things that I think it does. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, I thought the, the, like you said, the car is still drivable. Uh, 
maybe better than it was a little bit. And I kind of felt like there might have been less cautions than usual. And, but there was still fall off. I think it was three seconds, I think, on, at Indy. Well, and the one thing that we noticed today, like we finished a, an Indy race in the top split in two hours and 48 minutes, I think it was. At um, a full distance. Yeah, full distance. And what I noticed over that whole trend of that race is the car drove the way you were driving it. So if you pushed it into the corner, you were blowing away that front t- that front tire and you were getting tight because of it. The car felt like it's more into the track than it's felt in a long time. It doesn't feel like it's floating around like it used to. It it, it has like a little bit more I was saying to Mike when we were looking at something, it, it feels like that left front tire is doing a little bit more work than it's ever done too. It just feels like it's it's working better on the track. Yep. Yeah, so uh, the A-car is definitely interesting. Um, other stuff here in this release is uh, the dirt. I mean, the dirt late models, the dirt sprint cars uh, change quite a bit. Um, like fuel restrictions removed. They made a bunch of changes to shocks and tire tread. They've changed the patterns on the tire tread and lots of different things. Aerodynamic performance adjusted. Uh, so... If you're a dirt guy, you need to check it out. There's definitely been some changes. Now, I don't, I haven't heard any feedback really from the the community yet about the changes, but uh, hopefully we'll have more of that by next week. Uh, man, lots of stuff. Balance uh, of performance adjustments, BOP adjustments on a lot of the road cars um, were adjusted as well. Anything else in the in the notes, guys? You specifically want to cover? The uh, I don't. I was just going to say the level of detail um, adjustments that they did seem to have had an adverse effect, where a lot of people in VR and some not in VR are getting screen skips. I was getting it in just normal sim, where um, I'd never had any problems with internet connection or CPU problems, and it was giving me in that one race today big problems. Yeah, there's been a lot of bugs. There's definitely going to be a patch coming out. They, yeah, they said they said in order to fix that, uh, lower your particles down to low, and that should fix it. But some people said it did, and some people said it didn't. Right. Yeah, it's something to do with high particle. I also had heard that. The other thing that stood out to me is like just a car that we like to drive. The they finally updated the Audi R18 steering wheel to show the battery charge problem that. You couldn't see on the, on the steering wheel. You'd have to be in the the command, the F commands, to actually see what the energy was being used. So that's one that's been wanted for for a while for that hybrid car. Yep. I, I think they also adjusted the fuel uh, gauge, basically, or the fuel amount in the NIS cars, because normally you would get into a race and it would say you have like three laps to go, and you just got into the race. And then it would constantly build over the first couple laps. You'd finally get up to your, you know, 30 gallons or 18.4 gallons. Uh, now it actually starts at 18.4, I believe. Oh. Yep. So tons of stuff. Uh, make sure you check the release notes, guys. Uh, uh, you know, and we've talked about a lot of these items already. Uh, so. All right, uh, Chris, you're up next. Well, this next one got me a little excited when I saw the title because I thought we had us another uh, video of the 
AI going around the track. <laughs> but it's not. But if you want to see the AI going around the track, um, Sim Racing Expo will be kicking off uh, next weekend. It's the 14th through 16th. And Kevin Bobbitt posted that they will be there and they will have um, the AI running their booth. So anywhere near there yeah i'm not gonna be making that trip unfortunately but if you're <laughs> no. there yeah just send us some youtube videos get your cameras out i want to see yeah it. i want to see that ai i mean we've just seen it once and it was just a real minor glimpse you know chris keeps wait lo- chris keeps losing i rating he's going to be racing them <laughs> that's what bottom split's going to be you're just going to bump you down where you can only race ai <laughs> it'd be like a penalty box <laughs> now the next uh half dozen topics guys are all like problems that have come up since the build. So these are kind of quick hit topics. So um, anyway, Greg, what you? What was the first one? It looks like, uh, was it the midget? Yeah, midget. <laughs> the standing started for next week's already on the week 13 by an accident. But it says that uh, Nicholas Bailey says that it's being looked at already. Standing starts for midget cars. Okay, that's a little different. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because midgets, it's usually a rolling start, obviously. Yeah. So, uh, you got to also remember, you know, those midgets don't have starters. They have to get a four by four to push them, you know, push start them and all that stuff. All right, what was next, uh, Tony? What was the other problem? Well, that would be the uh, the first NIS race yesterday. Anyways, the the fixed one. There's no uh, lucky dogs. Uh, you get trapped down. That sucks. Uh, Do they have that? Was nope. that good to go in the open or no? It's not fixed. Still not fixed. So there you have no. it. I was. Uh, I got two laps back yesterday. Luckily, from wave rounds in the one. Now is that isolated to just the fixed series? No, oh. and open. And open. Okay. Well, that it's, sucks. It's, it's only in the NIS, though. They also yeah. cut down a caution lap for us, which was awesome. And I imagine in that process, they must have somehow broken the, the lucky dog. It's, Ca- it's disappointing that these things continue to happen, you know, where they, they mess up the format of the race. You, th- yeah, you think this would be easy, you know? Well, don't do this kind of stuff. I mean, just... Plan ahead, move the schedule around. Don't do this. Don't make these kind of changes right before you're starting the brickyard, a full-length race. Well, the other thing is, is this build was put on a poor week. Like it, it, yeah. it fell in a poor week. Um, just having the full-length race brickyard, but you know they can't. I'm guessing the way that the reason that the they had the server down what it was probably down for like three hours yesterday to get everything put up. So I don't know what's in there, what the process is of they go through to, to upload and do all the patches there, but maybe they have to reset everything and make sure that they click boxes and redo all the series every time they do it. So maybe it's just, you know, forgetting to click a box. Yeah. You think this series would have been set back in Daytona in February and they haven't touched it since, but apparently you're right. Something changes during the bill because we've lost our lucky dog. Well, and we still gain, and still the Chevy SS old car can race in the NAS because it was set at the beginning of the season, so it can't be taken out until the end of the season. Yeah. All right, the next item that we found is somebody reported Atlanta Rallycross has an invisible wall, and if you run into it, 
guess what? You're going to get wrecked. And it, it's like when you go around the corner, if you're really close to the inside, it you're, you run into an invisible wall. And so they've acknowledged that problem and plan on fixing that in the patch. <laughs> yeah, it kind of looks like there's a, like it, that invisible wall is hanging right off the camera from the camera guy. So maybe he's there doing something crazy for people. Yeah, I blame that dude. He looks like he's up to no good. Okay, Chris, you've uh, got the next one, Secret Passage. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry, I was skipped down to, I, I had skipped down to stutters. Let me, pull that, let me pull that up real quick. I had skipped that one completely. This is one of those uh, wor wormholes. Yeah, if you've already read it, go ahead and take it, and I'll take the next one. Yeah, the wormhole it. is uh, basically... Uh, if you get off in the, get off the pits and you turn 180 degrees around and drive backwards on the pit straights as fast as you can, at the end of the straight there's a small barrier. If you drive into it at full throttle, you'll get quantum tunneled through the barrier, and if you don't take too much damage, you can drive the whole Nordschleif track. So he's saying if you're on the Nurburgring GP track, you can run yourself through this wall and magically get onto the big track. That sounds more like uh, an Easter egg than a than a um, uh, an error because that's things that pretty much. That's I don't know if you've seen Ready Player One, but that's exactly how he wins a race. Pretty much as he, he everybody else goes forward and he goes backwards. Oh, there goes the movie under the track. Yeah, well, it's your fault. Spoilers. if you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> Plus, it happens in the first twenty minutes. <laughs> but yeah, now, I, I need to check out this video now to see what it looks like. Now, at the down farther in this thread, it brought up the what we talked about earlier, jumping at Bathurst. Uh, somebody actually put up a video of somebody jumping every car there is over the Bathurst jump on uh, Mount Panorama. In fact, uh, during the deployment of the build, I brought up uh, what's called uh, testdrive.iracing.com, which is a something everybody forgets about, but when they're deploying the build, you can actually test any car, including a cars you don't own. And in fact, I got the dirt midget car and went to Mount Panorama and tried to jump it. And I actually uh, <laughs> stuck the landing, too. <laughs> yeah, this is funny because, uh, you know, I, I was looking through the, all the topics, uh, you know, before we started recording, and I got to this one here, and I was just scanning down and, you know, reading some of the comments and stuff, and then I got to this video and completely forgot what the heck the topic was all about. I just got, I just sat there and watched all these different cars flying over this wall. It was great. <laughs> fun <laughs> yeah. video. It's always, try, it's always fun, I think, to try to jump a car and try to land it and drive away, but... Okay, so Chris, next, stutters. Yeah, so the one I was prepared for. Um, I think we uh, talked about this briefly early, earlier, but a lot of people have um, been complaining about stutters since the build. And um, I think you have said, Mike, that they, they're thinking maybe it was a particle issue, like if you turn down high, particles. High particles, yeah. yeah. But from what I was reading, it seems like a lot of people have been seeing this, seeing this problem, even with pretty much every graphic setting completely turned down in a test session, like a bare bones as it gets, and we're still having stutters. And me, like in that race, all racing at Indy last night, riding on a, you know, a 1050, not a particularly good video card, I had no problem. And But I, we had teammates, I know Mike Morley and, and I think a couple others had, had this stutter. Oh, I, I don't was know, having it bad today. 
Yes, I don't know what it's related to. You would think if it was that particle kind of thing, then and it was happening to Morley, it would have been happening to me with the lesser equipment. There's oh, a lot I, of reports of it. Yeah, and there's, yeah, it's definitely happening. And it's a it's an aggressive stutter too. It's it's a jump for. Well, I think even Hammer said he lost a second in one of the jumps when he was jumping last night. Yeah, it's it's pretty heavy. I saw it on um, Morley's stream. And if it happened in the wrong place, it could probably get you wrecked. Oh, it happened to me going into turn one in a, last night. And by the time I came back, I mean, you cover a lot of distance in a second. I went into turn one and I came back. I was in the middle of the corner. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not a good place to be. Okay, Greg, what's the next one, Broke? Skippies, they're broke. Uh, well, someone's reporting that the car... Seems a bit slower. I was watched. He sent a little graph out here. Uh, was Johnny one point second, one point two seconds slower. Yeah. So he was talking about some of the things that look like they've changed. Like it's saying that tire pressures can go all the way down to zero psi. Um, they can run at one psi, but when you go down to zero, they completely crashes the sim. So wow. <laughs> that's not a good one. Um, I guess there's some camber and caster problems that have changed in that car as well. Um, and it just, and he says that the car feels like it's down on power and the, uh, it doesn't have the same steering feel. I have yet to get in the Skippy. I, I love that car. Um, I would like to see what it feels like, but if it's already, if they're slowing it down, that's not good. Got staffer looking into that one too, by the way. All right, the next one, uh, Tony. Wheels. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 take a trip in the way back machine. We got disco tires for the Skip Barber. Um, looks like some color issues happening. For a moment there, when I looked, uh, watching the the video that uh, um, I'm not even gonna try his name. Uh, he posted it showing the showing the issue. I was thinking, dang, when he gets on the brakes, it goes red. He gets off the brakes, the you know, the inside of the wheels go go back to blue, but uh, they're kind of going all over the place with colors. It's um, randomly changing colors. It's breaking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it has new tire model version 7 on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the inside of the rim, you know, where the brakes are of the actual wheel is that literally rainbow, you know, changing colors. Blue, orange, red. So if you're throwing uh, throwing some music on in the background while you race, um, <laughs> well, it yeah, that's already happening. Wheels going. That's crazy, huh? I never thought I'd see that. Yep, there's a, and you know that's just another issue. Alexander Horn posted that. Yep, that's being looked into as well. But I don't know if that's actually a problem. That just that's kind of cool. Yeah, leave it. Gotta love when you release something and then ten seconds later, there's already full of the issues you think oh it's going to be a great product and then and, and what they've done is perfect i mean bugs are going to happen because you have no idea what somebody's going to test and not test like look at the track one where somebody went down a different road and found the glitch right yeah the beta testers aren't going to find everything like the atlanta rallycross you know nobody just went to the inside enough to find that invisible wall so they never found it you know all right, me and the other bottles. <laughs> so me and the other bottles split guys. We'll find every one of those little nooks and crannies on the track. All right, our real uh, racing crossover this week. Uh, team uh, iRacing uh, staff member Kevin Ionarelli 
celebrates a win in the iRacing Midget. Uh, and so he races uh, actually midget cars, a winged midget car, and he has iRacing sponsorship all over that car. And uh, guess what? He won. Didn't say what track he was at, but uh, congratulations to Kevin. I thought the first time I did see a track name. I can't remember what it was now. I saw it earlier. There was another tweet. All right. Well, let's jump into hardware software. Chris, you're up first. Uh, yeah, that's on the forums. There was a post. I see who it was by here. There is that uh, there might be a fix to some of the the Oculus freezes that some people have been having. Uh, the post was by Susan Flint, and what she had found by using working with a user is uh, as the, the Oculus is going to have three different USB ports, and I think at least two of those have to be plugged into 3.0 ports. And I believe the last one can be plugged into either one of them as far as Oculus is concerned from what I had looked up. But what they had found that she had, he, he had all three of the USBs plugged into 3.0 ports. When he left the two that needed to be 3.0 plugged in there and he moved the other to a 2.0 port and quit running the Oculus Home software, they haven't had a freeze or hard crash since. So if you're running um, an Oculus and you're having this issue, it's probably worth worth looking into. Yeah, to change your USB to a different hole, right? Yep. And it was uh, Susan Flint, the staff member you want to look up. That's weird because, you know, it's just, you know, a 3.0 and a 2.0, it's, you think it's just information sharing. That's all it is for that port. It's not, it's just the speed it comes out of. Yeah, but it's it's kind of weird because I've seen this and with a lot of other devices. So the USB threes are better, faster, and every way better than the twos. So you would think that you could plug in whatever you want, and it's just going to be better. But um, I've installed uh, dozens of different devices that just flat won't work on a 3.0 on the newer, better stuff. It, it just doesn't like it. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a, a good fix, solid fix. Yeah. Yeah, and on the Oculus, uh, the first two sensors need to be on 3.0. The sensor that's usually behind you, if you add a sensor, that can be on a 2.0 because that isn't receiving as much information. But also on the Oculus and any VR system, as far as I'm aware of, you can use just one sensor in iRacing and it will pick you up no problem. Yeah, that's true. Because you're not moving around? Correct. All right, cool. All right, Greg, what's the next one? Uh, looks like we have, is this the NVIDIA one? Yeah. Um, just leaked the benchmark. Oh, I actually leaked, uh, showed this result thing in the thing, uh, our racing thing. But it looks like the uh, NVIDIA had accidentally, and I quote that, accidentally, leaked the RTX 2080 Ti's bench results. And uh, they're finding, it showed that it's 35% of an in, or increase in the standard general performance of it. So I don't know, you know, did they do this purposely to, you know, get or have people talking about it so that uh, they're not skeptical of it? Now, let, let's give a little uh, background too. I mean, the last time the NVIDIA went from a one major series to another, the increase was 79%, which 
was the uh, increase in performance. And so this jump on this generation is only 35%, and that's what got everyone talking. They were expecting it to be more. I'm surprised it's that much, honestly. I don't think I, I don't think I'd trust NVIDIA's benchmarkings on it for sure anyway. I'm curious to see what some other people came up with. Well, and there's only a certain amount you can go. Like, you're not going to get another 79% result. Like, you know, the law if you look diminishing at, returns. Yeah, like, you're going to eventually start, you know, only getting, gaining. It's it's the same when you build, like, a, a motor. You know, you, you reach a limit of power you can put it. You, you're only gaining increments later on so they're going to get to that point where you know 35 percent on any increase is a pretty big increase especially over um the, the you know the previous years do you need 35 percent more depending on what you're running like i mean for iRacing none of these makes you know you know that card is over way overdue for what you're doing and that's kind of what the author of this article is saying he's like you know you're better off buying a gtx card instead of the rtx really because of the price differences and it's only that much more performance well it's the same way with with iphones and and uh you know samsung phones and android phones you only get so much you know they'll be like oh well, this is a two percent increase and everybody loses their mind oh my gosh two percent that's amazing is it right yeah, if I was buying a card right now, I wouldn't buy the new RTX. I would probably buy a high-end GTX, like the 1080 or 1080 Ti. Sure. And, you know, the other part of that is there apparently is still a lot of stock of those GTX cards that they need to sell. Yeah, and I've been seeing tons of people um, tearing apart mining rigs, selling stuff for cheap. I think it's going to be a really good Christmas for graphics cards. All right, let's get into uh, results now. Uh, NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's finish off last week. Uh, Thursday fixed. Uh, Greg, pace car glitch. What in the heck? Uh, this is a this is a long story, but I'll try and shorten it up. But uh, I guess it was, I think it was sixty lap sixty sixty five. We were just had come down for a caution around the lap sixty mark, and I think it was sixty five. We'd gone out restarted and we made it into turn one and i think it was like two or three rows behind me i was like a top five and they wrecked and the pace car moved and then stopped and then stayed where it was it just froze there it never moved and people were so confused at what to do there all the all the theories started coming out like crazy but i was i think i had moved up to second place there going into that corner because of whatever was going on and now we were trying to figure out um you know what to do with that like what's you know is it going to eventually come out guys are like well if we stop on the track and wait well you know you get some people stop and then some people won well i was second place the guys behind me wanted to gain positions i didn't i went with them so then you got guys are saying well if you guys don't stop we're going to block you and do this on the track i said you know what go ahead you want to run into me for a problem iRacing is going to still suspend you if you're doing something stupid so i'll protest it so we just rode around. Um, there was pl black flags being given out for random stuff. Like sometimes you go on pit road, you get black flagged. So I just rode around and saved fuel and tried to do the whole race on one stop or that with what I had left in the car. I was going to finish P3 
when I came across and I, you know, got the flag and ended up giving me a not whatever from that point when the pace car did it, gave me a 95 minute penalty, which put me back to P20. But the guy that was ahead of me did the same thing and he only got, he didn't get a penalty. He finished and won the race. So it, it none of it made sense. And so you finished worse than some of the people that quit the race early on because you stayed and finished. Yep, and the penalty killed me worse than the people that just left after that or left five or ten minutes later. Wow. So it so we have no idea what the, how you win those races uh, at this point. No, I, I think the only way you're really going to be like because like I said, the guy that was in front of me in in second place that was running around, he did multiple pit stops. He did all this stuff and his put didn't give him a penalty. So I don't know where, what happened there. you know, guys were getting so angry. They're like, this is such a crappy Simmons. I'm like, I said, guys, you have to realize like, this is something that out of the blue, it probably is going to happen once. Like there was just something that happened on that track at the same time, that time. And the pace car froze. I hope somebody reported it, but all right, let's keep going. Uh, Friday open. Uh, Tony Rochette, team member, ran P7. With He was five laps down. He said, damn, Internet disconnected me again while on the lead lap. He had tons of fun, though, running with Chris and Anthony. Uh, so, Chris, you got P4. Yeah, probably because I had the, – the race wouldn't load for me. I had been in two different practices, but when I go to load the race, it looks like it's loading. I get the loading bar, but nothing ever happens. Quit out. Load up the race, race again, same thing. It looks like it's loading, but nothing ever happens. So I restart the whole PC. By the time I get on, I'm five laps down. Thankfully, because I just had a caution, or I probably would have been a lot more. But never could get all those laps back. I fought the whole time trying to get those back, but still, I think I was a couple down there at the end and still, still finished fourth. But I probably I only had 4X that race, but probably because I had the, the big, you know, I had nothing to run for, and all I had to do was ride in the back. So I wasn't up there mixing up with those guys. And that's why you got a good finish. Uh, well, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> Tony, you got P14. He raced yeah. those guys. <laughs> so what did you have? You were down many laps, Tony, uh, for that P14, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suck. Um, <laughs> Darlington was not good to me. Um, I, I could not tame that beast to save my butt. Um, I actually had probably the longest repair bill I've, I've ever seen. It was like, uh, 43, 43 minutes and change. Um, it was absolutely huge, but I wanted to stick it out. Cause it just like, well, I'm going to. Yeah. We lost your mic. Am I back? Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just silly. Um, like I, I was just terrible. I almost got DQ'd. I was like 20 X. Um, quite frankly, I had no business out there, but I stuck it out till the end anyhow. And P 14, we'll take it. All right. Sunday open, yep. uh, Tony, he got the P six. Nice run for him. Uh, he did say that the crew chief app ran him a half lap short on fuel. Uh, and that messed him up. So I'm not sure what happened with his software, but I remember him talking about that. He and keeps then finally, putting in good uh, finishes, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. And then Sunday night, he also got a P6. Um, he says here, the caution fest tried to stay in the back uh, 
third to the last caution. He started P4, got up to second. Leader spun, brought the caution out. Uh, was the leader. He went to pit, got black flag for passing the pace car, entering. Uh, so he was the leader. He went into pits. He somehow got ahead of the pace car and got a penalty. So he really screwed himself there. Um, I also ran that race. I don't even know where I finished because I was about 10th to 15th. was a little bit slow. I eventually got ran over from behind in turn three, completely wrecked out. I couldn't even finish the race. So, uh, Greg, you uh, managed the top ten. Yeah, I don't know if you uh, you remember this, but we I was uh, I had a twenty x by lap seventy. I want to say right. around lap seventy, and you said you're never going to finish it, and you did. And I <laughs> I stuck it around. I don't think I've been that nervous in certain situations that I just, you know, I got some really bad, I don't know, net code uh, X's and stuff in that race. Like I slowed up in a corner and just got a normal, you know, bump on the back with four X. Somebody was close to me in the corner. I got a four X. There were just some weird wonky things. And then today I run, uh, the NIS race here today and I didn't get, you know, I had some door slams and touches and stuff like that. And I was getting zero zeros from it. So it's, I don't know if it's different per track and what the, the things are, but you know, I hope that the consistency or the inconsistency can go away with those uh, t- things. Cause I should have not had a 20 times by lap 70 and I should have not had to run around being scared to, you know, be, even be near a car and, and to finish a race it's bristol baby all right let's go on to indy uh we ran wednesday open last night uh i'll uh start out i got a p16 i was in the top split there were lots of green flag runs i got two laps uh back at one point because of those green flag uh, runs i ended up getting one lap back by getting a wave around because lucky dogs were broken uh it was a good run uh it was a long race uh it went a lot faster than I thought it would. It was like almost like three hours, and I was expecting more than that. Uh, Brent McCoy got a P2, started P20. Uh, he had green flag stops. He did race with our teammate Steve uh, Lou Allen. I don't know how Steve finished. Uh, and then, Chris, you got a P5. If I remember correctly, I think Steve got fifth. Oh, yeah, nice. And then, Chris, you got P5. Yep, yeah, it was kind of a long race. I got a little bit of right front damage early in the race, and the the car was just it was pushing worse than even it already was when I was overdriving the corner. I mean, it was just a kind of a nightmare. And after that damage, I managed to smack the right front into the wall a few more times because of the pushing and make it even worse. But yeah, still ended up with a top five just basically for surviving and just making mostly clean laps. And it was a lot of attrition in that race. So I want to take a minute, and uh, Greg, you got P29 wrecked out, by the way. But I want to take a minute, John, and talk about your efforts yesterday before the race. Uh, you were frantically working on setups to help us out and uh, basically to help the community. You also posted those setups for everybody to use because of the, all the changes with the, the build and stuff. And tell us briefly about that process you were going through and, and how did it work? Well, briefly, it went like this. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, throw it away. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, throw it away. <laughs> well, eventually you were hitting on stuff, though, right, that worked? Well, to be completely honest, I, um, I will do a, 
a tutorial, a YouTube tutorial on it on my on my tutorials page, which is in the forums and stuff. I'll actually sit down in the next week or so and walk through what I did yesterday, at least briefly. But the gist of it was is that I had been hedging my bets that when I recently made these changes, I was kind of expecting these changes. So I wasn't building setups with the left side up. I was building setups that looked proper with the right side up. And they're the way they used to be and the way that you know it worked. But we were given up speed. If you ran my stuff, you would get beat by one or two people in every split. So I took the setup that I had posted last week for Indy. That was a traditional right side up, left side down setup. And I actually had Mike Morley make the changes because they were so straightforward to, to get us close. And then Mike sent that over to me, so it just passed tech. All Mike did was really was fix the cambers. And um, I think he fixed the cambers, and we had to fix the rear toe and the front toe. And I think the toes fixed themselves. After that, it was a matter of testing the car, running telemetry, and seeing what was going on. And the biggest problem I had was getting into the entry of the corner. I shared the setups the way I was building them, pretty much live in the forum and live in the um, live in the race server. So anybody that was in the practice servers was getting setups, and then I'd go post them in the forum. Uh, yeah, and, 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 they were, and they were good, it. too. I ran them. I thought they ran good last night. I probably should have streamed that process because it would have been somewhat cool to watch and fast forward or something like that, but... Um, it's not great, so uh, there's another, you know, 10, 12 hours of work to be done before I can put it back on the forum again. I'll post as I, as I go along. It'll be fun to probably watch the YouTube videos of what I'm doing. Um, but it was frantic. It was very frantic. I did all that work. I was on iRacing for an hour, but 45 minutes of it was testing a monster truck setup. So the last setups that actually made it to the forums took about 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And there were a few of us in there, kind of running different versions to see what we thought and different things. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, today's result, uh, Greg, you got a P six. Uh, tell us about that quickly, and then uh, Mike Morley got a P three when he was in position to win. Yeah, he. I think we had a restart five, six to go, and you know Mike was out lead. The guy that was fastest all race. Uh, I don't know what happened, but anyways, he was he put himself out of the contention and then got lucky with a caution that he was part of to get back up to all of us. And that restart, every you know, we the restart before that, Hammer had suggested some some things to do on the you know when we came in for a pit stop, we'd made the quick changes. The cars came out, they were flying. Those were the fastest laps we were setting down. I had. I had some serious front end damage and I shouldn't have been competitive and I was, and I was fighting up there. We basically could throw a blanket over the top five or six guys and they were fighting for the win. I think they went uh, three wide coming down the front straightaway and I, and Mike finished third. I finished sixth and um, Brent Brent finished ninth, all running the same, same set, just different, um, you know, adjustments throughout the race for it. Yeah, and then Flowers ran, and Chris, you ran too? Nope. No, I didn't run today. Just Flowers did. Just Flowers ran. I didn't hear how he did. Yeah, Flowers. Made a rare appearance. (laughs) I I can look uh, right now. That's not been a top five or you'd be on the podcast. 
Oh, that's right. Okay, so let's finish <laughs> up. Uh, final item is the Old Bastards Racing League. Tell us what happened there. Uh, yeah, raced with them in both the races this weekend. Uh, finished sixth in the Xfinity League race, and man, that was a fun race. And at the toward the end, I was running fourth. I was faster than the guy in third. I wasn't a couple laps to go. I tried, I was I was faster than him, but I wasn't fast enough to make a pass. <laughs> but I tried it anyway, and just about pushed up into him. Had to lift, and at one point, I think we were if we weren't three wide, we were pretty close to it, battling for third those last couple of laps. So it was a fun, fun User race. Disconnected from your channel. Then Sunday, I don't know. I don't know if it was driving the Xfinity car, if it's because I had slept since then. But I mean, I just had a terrible race Sunday. It just it seems like I bounced that thing off the wall three or four times. Wasn't yeah, wasn't we were, really competitive. We were razzing you about that too. <laughs> Fine. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Chris Gales, you're first. Just before you go there, Chris, David finished uh, 13th. All right, that ain't so bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, just pretty pumped for the um, brickyard this week. I think it's really crappy what iRacing did with the the changes they made. Uh, there's no reason why they couldn't have came out two weeks ago and said, hey, we're in the next build, Max Camber is going to be this, Hyde Rice is going to be this. So you could start, your car might not be perfect, and you might have to make, make, it might not pass tech, you might have to make some changes, but we would have had a lot better start than what we were stuck, stuck with the day of the race. So, you know, yeah, crappy. And, and it was good that we had John and Mike working on sets because the rest of us, you know, we're, we're going to use those. And if we didn't have them, we would have been screwed. Yeah, and that's my, uh, the other half of that. I really want to uh, appreciate John for what he does because he was on there all day trying to put together a set, you know, as, as quick as he could, doing, you know, throwing everything at it. Well, I pay for VRS, and I had nothing from them all day. So, And, you know, like I said, John does all that stuff for free, helps a lot of people out. And thanks, John. Well, yeah. the worst part of that was why did iRacing wait till Wednesday this time? I know Labor Day came on monday so why did it take till wednesday they said they're going to be down at eight o'clock eastern and in the morning and they didn't do it till i want to say 11 30 12 o'clock it was still is when they actually went down yeah like they couldn't have waited till like the late least amount of time to do it and they and they got that far i i don't know what iRacing does i don't so think they're worried the about thing. nis that's not on their radar but I just mean in general, why did it wait till the middle of week 13? Isn't it always Monday at 8 a.m.? or it's usually Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Tuesday, 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 Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Yep. They need a day before, I think, to prepare everything. I think that's the idea. But And obviously they were off on Monday. All right. So, Greg, your final thoughts? Uh, just looking forward to uh, getting back into a new season of you know racing. we got the final season four. I'm going to do a bunch of, you know, uh, racing with different things. Mike and I are going to do the endurance GT or VRS GT endurance league. Um, I'm going to still be running the NIS like usual. I'll still be, you know, I'm going to find other road races that we were, we're all going to join into. And I'm going to be honest, you know, as much as I can, um, I'll be streaming it. Like I always am. I'm streaming the, uh, um, podcast again, like I normally am. If, uh, you, anybody wants to follow me on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash frozen cactus, two O's in frozen and two K's in cactus. Um, you can even, if you guys want, when you're, when we're, uh, doing the podcast, you can ask me questions in the stream and, you know, start a discussion that way as well. 
All right, cool. Tony Groves, final thoughts. Yeah, well, uh, Indy's here. Um, don't know how much, uh, if if I'm even going to be able to make a start. Got a, got busy things happening. Um, but uh, I believe I'm probably not going to be able to make the jump uh, this coming week. But the following week, I'll be... Uh, I'll be sending in my application skills to the old bastards racing league and uh, jump on board and maybe the, hopefully those guys can uh, teach me how to keep a car on the track. <laughs> I tell you the league racing will definitely um, help your race craft. I mean, that, that those guys do uh, bumper to bumper starts for one thing. If you tried that in NIS, it would, it's, it's a guaranteed wreck. <laughs> All right. Nice. Uh, and special guest, Justin Jacobs. Thanks for coming on today. Uh, congratulations on the 10K win. Uh, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, thank you uh, for having me, and uh, and I appreciate uh, iRacing. I want to thank them, uh, if they're listening, for the uh, the 10K. Uh, greatly appreciate it, obviously. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Season 4. I'm not sure if I'm going to race on the Pro Mazda Series this, uh, this season, just due to my P1 or my F1 rim being down. Uh, hopefully I can get that fixed and get back in that series. But if not, I'll probably do uh, IMSA and uh, Craftsman's Truck and maybe some NIS. All right. Well, you're certainly welcome on the show anytime. Uh, just let us know. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, wow, Indy, I got 130 points in the Wednesday night for the Open. I'll take that and run. I'm going to make a fixed uh, fix start here in about 30 minutes, and I'll take those points and run. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to run Sunday, maybe. But uh, looking forward to the playoffs. we got 10 to go after this week, guys. So the season's winding down quick. And uh, that's it. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.